Wine Work and Passion is brought to you by the Napa Valley Wine Academy, America's premier wine school and two-time winner of the WSET Global Wine Educator of the Year Award. You can find a course that's right for you at NapaValleyWineAcademy.com and use the code in our show notes for a special discount. Welcome, wine enthusiasts and job seekers. I'm your host, Karen Wetzel, and Wine, Work, and Passion is the podcast where we inspire you to make a career out of your passion for wine. In this episode, you'll meet my fantastic guest, Allison Day, who started her own company, Good Things Done Right, from the ground up and turned it into a highly sought-after, wine-centric social media and marketing company. Good Things Done Right is serving a client list of some of the most well-known, iconic wineries and organizations in wine country. Allison shares her inspiring story and will turn you on to some new wine industry careers that you probably don't even know exist. Stay tuned until the end when Allison gives us some specific insights on how to crack the code to a successful future with a unique spin. So on with the show, time to meet Allison. Hi, Allison. Welcome to Wine, Work, and Passion. Hi, Karen. How are you? Good, thanks. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Good. Excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So can you tell our audience who you are and what you do in the wine industry? I can. My name is Allison Day, and I am the founder and creative director for Good Things Done Right, a social media marketing digital agency in Napa Valley. Great. Well, we're going to learn a little bit more about that as we go along here. You know, I, I met you at the Oak Knoll uh, Growers Association, which I I, <laughs> I laugh because I live in Oak Knoll, in the Oak Knoll District, and um, I was looking for something I could do where I could get involved in my community. And I thought, well, I really want to be involved in my wine community. And I walk Oak Knoll every day. And I thought, I'm going to see if I could, if they'll let me join. And Sure enough, there's a non-growers membership, and so yes. I signed up. and And uh, about two weeks later, I got an, e- an email saying yes, they accepted my application. And could I come to the picnic the next day, <laughs> the right. Growers Association picnic? And while I was at the picnic, and everybody was so nice, everybody introduced themselves, and they're like, oh, "So, where's your vineyard?" I'm like, "Uh, what?" <laughs> But I live here. Yeah, you don't own them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it was a lot of fun and they're such nice people. And that's where you and I met. Yes. Uh, they were actually at that time, just a new client of mine as well. And we had just signed up together uh, to launch their social media presence. And yeah, in the same sort of vein, that was my first introduction to the membership in person. Right. And yeah, we we were early birds there as well. We both had that glass yeah. of wine in hand. Just before I met you, I started noticing that the Oak Knoll AVA was posting. Like they had never done that that I knew of before. So I so when I would post, I would tag. Yes. So when yes. you said you're new and you're doing their social media, I'm like, oh, that explains that. And then you said, are you Napa Valley Wine Gal? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we, we had actually met without knowing it just right. on Insta. That's exactly how so many uh, fruitful relationships have happened in social where yes. you know you know people by their handle right. and then they come and, oh, it's so, instead of a face with a name, it's a face with a handle these days. So. Right. That's true. That's yeah. true. So we sort of, felt, I felt like I immediately knew you when we actually met. 
And then we got talking and I learned a little bit more about what you do. You have your own company and you are in uh, social media is not all you do, but it's a part of what you do. And I thought, okay, this is the kind of person our audience loves because you employ people, you have your own company, you're, you know, you're monetizing social media in a way that very few people can. And I thought, I want to have you because I know our audience, you have multi layers of things for our audience to learn about. So super excited about that. So before we get into learning a little more about you, can you tell us what you had in your class last time you had wine? Uh, Well, I'll tell you my most recent memorable glass of wine. I have got wine in my glass pretty frequently because of just the nature of my work. And I live right next to Oak Knoll uh, AVA as well. So I'm in the heart of it uh, myself. But my best girlfriend and I just got back from London and we had splurged on a supper club experience where they paired some incredible wines with it. And we enjoyed wines from the Czech Republic, which I had never enjoyed before. France, of course, Hungary and Poland. And um, the Polish wine was actually my favorite. And it was just excellently paired. And if anybody's going to London, it's called the Waterhouse Project. They were incredible. It was when I often travel, I, I just love California and Northern California and Napa Valley so much. And we have so many incredible food and wine experiences here. So um, not that I'm not impressed by what I see around the world, but I just get it outside my door so often. So when I, in, when I enjoy an experience that feels extra special, mm-hmm. uh, I like to promote it. So yeah, the Waterhouse Project and their incredible wine pairings. and, and That sounds uh, great. Yes. I've never had Polish wine. I have had Hungarian wine and I have had wine from the Czech Republic because in 2019, about a month and a half before COVID hit, my husband and I went on, yeah, we went on the Christmas market river cruise with scenic. Okay. First three days were, was that was the land portion. It was in Prague. Okay. And we drank quite a bit of, of Czech wine. And it, some of it was very nice. I mean, it's like anywhere you can get good, bad, and ugly <laughs> anywhere you go. But, but the nicer wines, you know, you had to pay a little more to get a really nice wine, but it was wonderful. We also had that in Schlivovitz. So There you go. <laughs> that was a lot of fun too. <laughs> Spring break 2020. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But yeah, where I like to source, or not source, but ask for, you know, wines that are a little under the radar is Oxbow Cheese and Wine merchant. Oh, yes. always, um, I'm actually one of their wine club members. This is not a paid paid placement, but I just right. love <laughs> that they're one of my favorite wine clubs because I, I get a lot of Napa Valley wines and to add to my fridge, I love their selection and they, yeah, they have some great Greek ones. And yeah. um, I did ask if they had any Polish ones in and they said they would let me know when they sourced. So yeah, yes, yeah it's was- always great. It's hard to find that here in Napa where you got a good international source of wine. Somebody right. else, I'll not again, not a paid program, but <laughs> uh, Bay Grape also. Yes. From Solano yes. has a really nice international. And I'm excited um, to check out Compline's new wine shop as well. I don't know what they're. Yes, there's there. that. And there's another new one called Outer Space Wine with oh, Dan yeah. Dawson. Dan Dawson. Yes. He was He's back. We'll talk about this later, but he I took, know. <laughs> we took one of he took one of my training courses a couple of years ago, right after he left left Backroom. And so oh, I knew Dan pretty well and I've enjoyed his company and excited that he's back. Yeah, it's good to town. see him back. Yep. Okay. Anyway, people have no idea what we're talking about. So. 
<laughs> I digress. All right. Well, tell us what do we, tell us about you. Tell us who you are. You know, start from wherever you'd like. What do we need to know about you to get to know you better, Allison? Yeah. Um, I am from the Midwest, uh, proudly from the Midwest, as I always like to say. Yeah, I'm really happy that I was born and raised there and really happy to have landed in California in my adult life. What part of the Midwest? Uh, Indiana. I'm from from Cleveland, so I I feel you. Um, I came out here in 2008 after I'd graduated college. Um, I I went to school and got an art degree. I think my parents are relieved now that I have it because I made it on the other end, but I think it was a little, uh, oh, are you okay? You're going to get that art degree. Got it. But, and I could wax poetically about how that's really paid off uh, for application to my work and my work ethic. Uh, there's nothing like, I don't know if those of you who aren't familiar with art school is it's constant criticism, uh, time management, uh, presentation skills being developed, um, teamwork, et cetera. So those have really been applicable skills that I've leveraged in my life uh, right. throughout the years. And so, yeah, I moved out here in 2008 and I actually walked into a temp agency in Napa and asked to be placed somewhere. And I, again, had never been to wine country, never been to California. And they placed me in the Calistoga Chamber of Commerce Visitor Center. So it was my job as a 24-year-old to tell people all the great things to do in Napa Valley. That's awesome, though. I, I mean, it was really cool and really intimidating because you know, they would come in thinking that I was the expert on all things wine country, which now that I'm saying it out loud, really, I guess, teed me up for my work that I do now. But I took home the visitor guide and I memorized it front to back and backwards and forwards. And while I had never been in a hot air balloon before, I learned to really sell it uh, based on uh images I had seen, et cetera. And um, at that time, I I had uh, I met somebody, his name is Andrew Healy, for those of you in the wine industry who know, Three Rock Marketing. He and I were actually neighbors. It was very serendipitous that we ran into each other. And he and I began working together. He hired me for Three Rock Marketing. And from 2008 to 2015, 2014, I worked uh, part-time. It was my side hustle doing... Twitter and Facebook for his clients. And uh, I was at the Calistoga Chamber for five years. And then I got a job in uh, San Francisco working for the American Conservatory Theater. And I moved down there because I wanted to see what else was out there. And um, then I ended up back up in Napa in 2014 when I met my current partner. And um, at that time, I was still doing social media as a side hustle, but I was 30 and I was managing a yoga studio and I was nannying. And I, it's funny, I just didn't really think about what the next step was. I've just always come from a place of yes when I'm looking for new jobs and I know I'm really smart and know how to apply my skills. So it was just, I was unintentionally manifesting my next steps. I got it. And um, 
So I got connected with Eileen Chiarello, Michael Chiarello's wife at the time, who was launching a food and farming crowdfunding startup called Barnraiser. And she brought me on as director of social media and uh, uh, content development. So I was writing all their blogs. And that was a really big learning curve for working in the startup world. Uh, I learned a lot and I was taking all the skills that I had learned from Andrew, who taught me so much uh, about social media and marketing. And then at that time, it just seemed like a natural transition to, I was starting to get more word of mouth recommendations. And that time I was managing Calistoga's, the town of Calistoga's social media, then um, St. Helena's social media, and then Yachtville came calling and I was starting to manage Yachtville and all three of them are still my clients, uh, which I am so incredibly grateful for. And I love Love talking about them. Uh, so yeah, it, Good Things Done Right officially launched in 2015, and it was just me, <laughs> the way back when. Uh, and yeah, it's just morphed over the years. There's a I'm learning a lot as I develop my business. I have a business coach, life coach now, uh, who will be listening to this podcast. I'm very proud to share it with him after this goes live. <laughs> Uh, who's really helping me take it to the next level as well. But uh, the last seven years, especially during COVID, have been, I was thrown into the deep end. Luckily, right. I know how to swim. So, right. You know, right. you, know it, you you bring up a, a, so many things I want to ask you about. <laughs> so, um, so you have s- several different services you offer. You've mentioned the social media thing a few times and you've mentioned marketing, but can you give us an idea of what you know, big buckets of work you offer to your clients? Absolutely. So yeah, social media is what I call the the nucleus or the foundation of our company. That's where most people come in at when working with us. But we offer everything from website design to blogging campaigns to um, influencer management. And most recently, in the last year, we have rolled out uh, image creation for social media. So I have immense respect and um, reverence for photographers and the importance of that and always encourage my clients to hire professional photographers for their websites and and all that but for social media we it's a we offer a supplementary package of where we create what I call social media imagery uh, because we just need so much so that's one of our newest offerings uh, we also do SEO uh, and Google AdWords um, I'm sorry back up oh sure SEO yeah oh, search engine optimization so that's where uh, you're ranking on Google search. So um, yeah, there's, yeah, gotcha. yep. yeah I, I, I have heard that term before, but I, as every, anytime I hear an acronym, I'm like, wait, wait, tell us what it is. Right, you're, right, you're right. You're right. I know. I'm, I'm usually much better about being, oh, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, and I noticed on your website, you do training and yes. workshops. So yes. tell us about that. So workshops have uh, morphed a little bit in this post COVID world. I think they're coming back a bit, but um, I offer, I'm hired through, mostly I've been doing it through the chambers as a value add to their members. They hire me, but I've been hired through private companies as well to offer social media workshops, whether it's social media 101, how to do Facebook ads, uh, anything, actually anything that the potential client is looking for. I can craft a personalized workshop to present 
to a group of people. And then training is more one-on-one. So people hire me to come in and either train their team ongoing. So typically those are between one and six month packages where we do everything from how to set up a Facebook, Instagram, digital presence to more of the deeper cuts such as Facebook advertising, how to create reels, what's a good image <laughs> look like, right. et cetera. So yeah. yeah. So someone who's looking at making a profession in the world of social media could could hire you as on a one-on-one basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So, yep. Yeah. I offer that. I haven't actually been hired to do that at this point. It's been mostly people who want to train their in-house staff for their bigger business, but right. most definitely would I would view that more as a mentorship, obviously with a training aspect and package, but right. with the idea of an end goal to to set them free and let them fly. That's it's a good point too because right. I think sometimes people can. F- I I I am an open book. I'll share anything and how to do anything. I'm not scared to share the quote unquote secret sauce. Right? Yeah. There isn't a secret oh, sauce. Where the bodies are buried. <laughs> yeah, there isn't one. You know, it's about good. It's about being smart and savvy and having a good work ethic, and you can teach a lot of the other right. stuff, which we can. And, you know, it's very interesting because at the here at the Napa Valley Wine Academy, most of our instructors we have a co- we have a coaching tab where you can book a coaching slash mentoring session, and it could be anything from how you know how to pass your diploma phase of WSET or okay. how to improve your tasting skills. Um, you know, to just learning more about a particular region or it, you know, in my case, I sort of have fallen into being the, you know, the sort of un, unofficial career coach for the Academy. And, and it's so funny because when they sign me up to be a coach and there's a, you know, they get the, the client gets a link and they can set up the, um, they get access to my calendar and can set up their own schedule. And I thought, who's going to, do people really do that? And I'm shocked at how, and it's gotten busier and busier. And I really feel like now, um, you know, you use the word life coach. I have a friend who uses a life coach. I think people are realizing that it's sometimes worth a small investment to talk to an expert about something you want. And, um, and I feel very much that way as well. And it's kind of new to me too. So anyway, I wish you a lot. I guess the best way to say it, it's like monetizing and paying for perspective. I mean, right. the same with, I'm a big advocate for therapy. Yep. I feel like everybody should get therapy and right. it's therapy for your business and it's therapy for your, uh, your professional career. And right. gosh, I just can't tell you how much better I feel after a session or even just, I have another friend in the business who actually has the same kind of business that I do. And she and I, have these sessions together that just are so helpful to get out of your head and know gut check of, am I going in the right direction? What do you think about this? Does this have legs? Um, And that's a lot of my clients. They, they, you know, they want to meet because they imagine that they'd like to be in the wine industry, but they don't know where to start. They don't, you know, some, some people are shocked to find out that you could actually work here at a winery in Napa Valley and not have any wine credentials. And people are shocked by that. I'll get people, you know, getting on a career coaching session with me saying, well, I don't have my level three yet, but I really want to work at a winery. I'm like, what are you waiting for? (laughs) And they're, they're so happy to find out um, get just to get good direction as I, as I know you would, 
provide to, you know to your clients as well. There's a lot to be. I mean, there's a lot of assumption that comes along with the wine industry, and people right. assume things from all ends. Right. And uh, to kind of myth bust it a little bit is right. I find refreshing. And that's kind of what this podcast is all about. Yes. Not to give a shameless plug, but that really was my my concept was, you know, at the school we do, you know, we do a really good job of getting people certified, probably the best in, in the country for sure, maybe right. one of the best in the world. But we never told people what to do with it. And right. you know, that's kind of where I come in, that's where this podcast comes in, that's where our other mentors come in. And, you know, so I think that that's important. So I'm glad to know you're adding that to your repertoire of things that you offer as well. I think it's important. Yes. I do want to go back to the social media thing. Cause you said that is kind of the, the your bread and butter, maybe your you yes. the crux of what you do. So just so the audience is clear on what you do with social media. So you work with organizations, wineries, restaurants, um, like you any said, business. That, yeah, I, any, I, any I business. <laughs> and right. And you basically are the, Oz behind the curtain, right? You're yes. you're running their social media, you're answering their DMs, you're looking for tags, you're posting for them, you're developing posts. Um, so you're basically, instead of having your own social media account and trying to build that up, you're doing that for companies. That's the tagline on my website is we don't have social because we're too busy managing yours. Right. So and, then, you're, and you're right, you don't have social. I'm trying to find you. <laughs> oh, and that's uh, on purpose because, right. gosh, well, there's a bandwidth matter for that as well. Right. And this goes back to an ethos of mine that I have where it's everything I do and and I encourage my clients to ask themselves the same question about what kind of content we create is why would people care? Right. And I, I, gosh, you see so much social media and I understand why people do it, but of of promoting marketing businesses and such, and the posts have five likes on them, and it just looks really anticlimactic to me. Right. And I just have yet to answer the question of why would people care to hear from uh, from good things done right at this juncture, uh, from a social point of view. I do think down the road we could launch some really exciting things, but it wouldn't be about promoting our business. Uh, right. So yes, uh, we have varying tiers of engagement with our clients. Uh, I always ask my clients when we first start to work together, do you want a social media director or do you want a social media leader? And those are very different things. And uh, sometimes we just brought on to do strategy and we create really um, in-depth strategy documents for them and then hand it off to them to execute. But most of the clients that are our current clients on our website, I would say 90% of them, yeah, we're doing full service from Yes, doing the research, crafting the content, crafting the strategy, posting, scheduling, community managing, boosting and managing ads, doing reporting every month, meetings, and then forward thinking and planning for the next stages, as well as image capture, et cetera. So we, the biggest hook for working with Good Things Done Right is that if you allow us we can take it all off your hands and know that it's with someone who knows how to do this to the T. Right. And one of the things you mentioned earlier was you talked about managing influencers. Yes. What you mean is that there are companies that where a person who is a quote unquote influencer mm -hmm. um, might be useful, might, you know, you might want to hire them to promote a, a brand that you're representing. I guess before we get into that though, what what in your mind when you say an influencer, can you define that? Or is there a definition for it? 
Sure. I mean, we're still in the the wild west, I would say, of defining the influencer environment from what I'm seeing. You know, it's a there isn't a lot of gatekeeping, which I appreciate. And um, there are some really fantastic companies that that is what they do. And they really find some um, great programming and great influencers to work with. Uh, what what we have found when we are working with clients is that there's a lot of outreach to them directly. And sometimes they want to work with these people or not, but they need someone to to vet them and to say, is this worth our time? And so, yeah, we offer that. And, you know, at the end of the day, what I, what I say to my clients is that we understand their persona and their audiences that they're trying to target. And so we look at said influencers um, audience and who's responding to their content, who's following them. And we do, um, we calculate their engagement rate and look at what their, you know, is it worth their posting to get the kind of comments that they're getting? And then we say yes or no to our clients of like, I think this would be worth your time. And really what makes an influencer and working with an influencer worthwhile is managing expectations from start to finish. Don't just invite them to come. Um, I'm a really big believer in paying them for their time, especially if you think they're worthwhile. that's and again it, it varies as well but what when we where we have found the most success is laying out the rules of engagement so to speak on the front end yeah and, i was going to ask you do influencers quote unquote do they get paid or do they just get the free wine tasting and a couple of bottles of wine or whatever it can vary you know depending on who you know we have some that we work with that are just starting out that are creating content and are wanting to uh, experience the experience so that they have content to build and talk about. And yes, they might not necessarily have uh, a big, a huge following, but they're worth inviting because they take great photos, um, et cetera. Uh, Then we have others that are, yes, they have a really tight, they have really great engagement. They take really good content and they typically have price sheets that they provide of different tiers of engagement so that we can work with them how the client feels comfortable. So it it ranges. There's a range. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, it, it, and I know so many people. They as as we've talked about, um, they think, oh, I'm going to open up an Instagram account and I'm going to be an influencer. And to what end? They they just and let's see what happens, kind of a thing. Like, where is this going to take me? And you know, one of the things that when I finally decided to make my own Instagram account. I realized very quickly, it's like, you can't really make money doing this. Well, you can, but it, but you have to be very, very dedicated. But but what I find interesting about you is, and your company is, you're mon- you are monetizing Instagram by doing it for other people. Correct. As opposed to promoting yourself, you're just promoting somebody else. And my first real experience with Instagram was gosh, probably two years ago now, the Academy tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, we're really busy. But the owner was managing the Instagram account. Right. And yes. he's like, we're really busy. Would you want to take that over for us? And I'm like, well, give it a whirl. I knew nothing. I had to go on YouTube, as we talked about. <laughs> I had to learn all about it. And uh, yeah, I, d- I didn't do it for more than probably eight months. I had a lot of fun doing it. I learned a lot. And right. I made a couple of bucks, which I would never have done had I just been you know, posting on my own account. So Um, Yeah, it's I, I, I've monetized my talent. And 
to apply to these platforms. It's hard to be a successful influencer, but it's also hard to own any business. And I think people have this attitude. I I see it in in regular brick and mortars too, where you can walk into a business and know who has a business plan behind them and who has ready to open and who has been like, wow, how cute. Wouldn't it be nice to open a business? So it's the same application, I think. Well, and and you do have to approach these things whether it's marketing or social media or any of the things that you're doing or really any job that it is a business. Yes. You know, it, it may be a fun business. I mean, I could say the wine industry is pretty fun, but it's a business. Yeah. And having real expectations about it and the, that there is just like with everything, really fun things and really not fun things. I mean, I talk about wine country all day. I it's, and I craft content. I it's, I'm not in a cubicle looking at spreadsheets every day, but there's also a lot of not fun things about it too. And, and knowing that that's uh, just being in the flow state can be, if you can get into the flow state, gosh, on anything too, but uh, a flow state on this kind of work then, cause I don't, you can also follow some, social media accounts talking about social media managers right. where we all kind of commiserate together. And it's a pretty exhausting business because you're never, you never turn off. Right. That's true. Yeah. The phone is always next to you. I mean, you can always do more. You can always right. grow it. You can always engage more. You could, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I finally, so like, oh, I, missed an, I was regret missing an opportunity. Like I didn't check my account for a while or, or when I was managing the Academy and I missed an opportunity to repost something or to really get involved with that. And yeah, it's always, it's, but it's gone. And, and getting it to a place that there's always going to be another thing to post too. Right. That's a really nice place that I've gotten to. And I really try to educate my clients on that. Sometimes I've had clients in the past get overly precious about missing something. It's like, you know what? The social media lifespan is about a day these days. So, you know, it's for better or worse. And it's a rinse and repeat and do it better next time or build on it. So let's not get wrapped on the axle on (laughs) missing a tag. Well, let's talk about some of your clients and, you know, not just your social media clients, but also maybe some of the marketing and design clients. Do you want to throw some names out there that people might have heard of or, or, or explain what, you know, maybe give their name and what kind of business they are so they know who yeah. you're engaging with? Yeah. So uh, my longest clients, as I alluded to earlier, are the the destination councils. So those are the town of Calistoga, town of St. Helena, uh, Yauntville. Uh, we have so much fun talking about them. There's so much content to talk about with them. Uh, some other favorites are Cliff Family Winery, uh, Oxbow Public Market. Uh, I do the Napa Valley Truffle Festival. Um, another favorite client of mine that we launched, gosh, I, it was in 2020. Uh, it's called Our Napa, which is the locals arm of do Napa. And gosh, that is an incredibly fun account. I manage that personally myself uh, still. And um, it's just curating all the best of downtown through a locals lens. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we see a lot of really great feedback from that. And I just, they, what I always say about them too, is they stay out of my way. Uh, They trust me to manage the account. And so I just get to play and get to come up with fun things to talk about. And again, I think you can tell by my voice that I really love um, managing them. I have AVAs under my belt. Stag's Leap District Wine Growers have been a client since 2017. Uh, 
Ox, um, Oak Knoll is a recent client as of this month, or I'm sorry, about four months ago. Uh, I have a, then I have some clients in which I write first person as them. So um, Valinda Helen, she is a, an, an interior designer down in LA. Uh, she's um, been written about a lot, won a bunch of awards. And I, as <laughs> I laugh because it's like, I became a de facto interior designer through my my education to make sure that I could write as her on her social media accounts where we've taken a pause right now because she's doing a big celebrity project in which we can't really post a whole lot about. So she was again another favorite one of mine, but my talent has been and is my ability to have a very short runway in adapting brand voice. So I managed uh, the Napa Valley mayor's race for Scott Sedgley. I was writing first person as him. I did the supervisor race just recently uh, with Joelle Gallagher and Anna Chateau. Uh, so I, I was dipping myself into some politics. <laughs> uh, again, as a I'm sure you want to go down that road. <laughs> I know it was, uh, I volunteered for Scott Sedgley's campaign because I felt it was really important to put him into office, but uh, at the very, at the very beginning. So um, that has been something that kind of happened really organically, but yes, we've signed, um, quite a few newer wine clients, Chimney Rock, Rutherford Hill, uh, Diora and Delicato. We do, um, Black Stallion Winery as well. So those have been fun. Again, we've signed some bigger wine brands and, oh, and some restaurants as well in town. I'm doing La Toque, uh, at the Westin and Bank Cafe with, uh, Ken Frank and C Casa, at Oxbow Public Market just oh. signed about two months ago. So those, my favorite Mexican restaurant. Oh gosh, I know. I, I love just, their food. I love what Catherine's doing and her story is really wonderful. And I think not a lot of people know it. And that has been my, we have a lot of things, they moved into a new space. So we have right. a lot of other things to talk about right now, but I'm really excited to, to introduce her more. And yeah. The last time I was there, she doesn't know me from Adam, but she came right over to the table a couple times while we were there, just checking to make sure things were going well. I mean, they're great, happy. Right. Oh, yes. They're happy. I mean, and again, I know they're my client, but it's, they're really easy to write about because I think they're so great, but their new happy hour menu, or well, no, their cocktail program is fantastic. And I know espresso martinis are the TikTok trend, et cetera, but their espresso martini is very legit. Um, but yes, it's a uh, restaurant social media is such a different animal too than winery social right. media because things change so much. So that's been a really interesting, interesting in a <laughs> totally neutral way, not good right. or bad, an interesting learning curve uh, from social media because we have some processes in place uh, from how to create content and make it manageable for my team. And, you know, you also need to meld in the real time stuff and the the changing needs and restaurant really brings that to light more so than a winery or a destination. For sure. Well, you were saying that when you started good things gone, right. Good things (laughs) done, right. Not gone, right. (laughs) Good things done, right. Good things done wrong, which is what somebody said. (laughs) Good things gone wrong. (laughs) 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 We'll hold on there. But um, (laughs) anyway, um, but you said when you started Good Things Done Right that you were a one-man band. Yes. You're not a one-man band anymore, at least not according to your website. Can you oh. talk about your what types of your employees, what types of roles they have, what those roles entail? Yeah. So again, 2015, 
to about 2018, I believe, or 19. It, it was just me. Uh, I I did have uh, a gal that helped me with reporting, but it was pretty much, again, just me. And my partner, who has a full-time tech job, would be moonlighting as my bookkeeper. And then in 2018, I hired um, a woman, Carolyn, who used to be the marketing director for Calistoga in St. Helena. We had worked together for 10 years. Uh, She came on. And then subsequently, we just had... We just had a lot of needs happening really fast of as the clients were growing from a word of mouth point of view. It was, yes, okay, let's get started. Okay, this is a lot. I can't be staying up all night. And so we hired um, a scheduler and an editor. And um, that's what I referred to earlier. It was my business is growing. And this is a full disclosure that you know, there weren't a lot of processes put into place. It was hiring people that I trusted and putting together a team that I trusted that was coming from a place of like, yes, let's get get this done. And I hired a business coach to really help me solidify their job roles and the expectations and put in more processes. And so we're really in the weeds on that right now um, to, to formalize and to define job roles and what our expectations, but we have a client success manager. We're um, building out an operations manager. Uh, we have two schedulers at this point. Uh, we have someone that manages all of our boosting and our and our ads. She toggles it with somebody else. Uh, we have we just hired a full-time community manager as well, which is really an essential role for social media, someone to get in there and really pay attention to all of the the comments and the tags and to really be deeply responsive to our clients that are within that scope. And yeah, then I have a report, a reports person who every month pulls reports for me. So we also, um, I'm really proud of this. Uh, we pull all of our reports, quote unquote, by hand. Uh, we don't. We go into each platform and pull the raw numbers. I don't use um, uh, what I say to clients. It's you know you're not going to get a report full of screenshot graphs. We build our graphs. We build the numbers. We look at the numbers and we analyze them. And we're actually looking at them in real time. And we're not going to pull the wool over your eyes of some some metrics that don't you don't need to see because right. what I really realize with clients is they just tell me what matters and tell me right. what I should care about. So yeah, I have a reporting person and uh, then yeah, I am the creative director and I manage. Uh, oh, and then of course the most important, we have writers as well. So we <laughs> yeah, let's not forget them. <laughs> Gosh. Um, they are the heart and soul of this actually uh, from they work under my direction. You know, I know all the clients and then we distill down from the strategy and the branding docs to then create content week over week. And I edit their content, give feedback. Then, yeah, they write that content. And you're talking about mostly content that's being posted on social media. Yes. The things yes. in the feed and the, and the captions. Absolutely. So everything that. that you're seeing has been touched by multiple people, has been thought through by multiple people. I mean, I think that's the biggest myth about social media, especially effective social media, is that it's not just something that is thrown up at 8 p.m. and then right. it's it's 
strategized, it's thought through, and most importantly, it's been curated. So I have realized again with the work of my coach that I am, my superpower is curation. So I'm able to look at clients' content and story and then curate what, again, to answer the question, why would people care? And I'm trying to teach that, and I have, to my my team, um, especially my writers who benefit from that most. What, are, what should we be talking about? How can we distill down all of this information into things that people want to see in their newsfeed over and over again? And right, so that's right. my, my job. So I'm kind of answering my own question here a little bit. So my, well, before we get into into my next question, how, so how can people find you um, if they're interested in learning more about what you do or maybe want to raise their hand for one of these great jobs that you just talked about? Uh, My website is gtdr.social. And my email is Allison, A-L-L-I-S-O-N at gtdr.social. Those are the best. I mean, again, I'm not on social media. Um, so the email is the best for me. And uh, I don't hand out my cell phone to many people. Not even <laughs> I'm surprised you gave us your email. <laughs> I always say you're brave when you give us your email. <laughs> oh, no, it's the it's the phone. It's the text that I um, I uh, I joke that, you know, God could be calling me and I would send it to voicemail. <laughs> so I don't, I don't answer the phone. Uh, that's the, that's the millennial in me speaking, but um, yeah, email is the best uh, to get, to get the conversation started. I actually, she doesn't work for me anymore, but I had a woman during, uh, we had a great run about a year. She reached out to me a cold email uh, during the pandemic, that was like she had gotten laid off from her agency job and lived in Napa and was looking for work. And I look, I am all about the hustle. And I have gotten clients through cold emails myself. You know, what's the worst someone can say is no. So I really like it when people and come at me with solutions and ideas and actionable items versus right. versus just a Hi, you know, tell me about yourself. Now I want you to tell me about yourself and what you want to do with me. Right, right. Well, th- well, that really leads to really our kind of our final question, but it's yeah. but it's a big question is, you know, what what so people are listening and I could hear a lot of people in the audience going, gosh, you know, I think I could follow that kind of footstep. I think I could get on that path because, you know, I'm spinning my wheels. I, I like social media, I'm spinning my wheels on my own, but you know, it'd be great to work for other people and all that. So um, give us, give us you, if, if somebody emailed you tomorrow and say, how can I prepare myself to do something like what you do or to work for you? What, what things would you tell them to do? Yeah. So everybody on my team, I'm going through the list. Everybody on my team has no formal social media training or background. Uh, they've all come to me for various reasons. And, I liked who they were and I liked what they had to say. And most importantly, I really liked their work ethic and their attitude. Um, That's going to get you, gosh, so far in so many things. But really, social media can be a really intense uh, world to live in, especially when uh, you're owning your own business. I highly recommend working for someone first. Uh, That's not to say that I'm Again, like I said earlier, down for some healthy competition, one hundred percent. But you know, really getting into the world will show you, like, oh, 
okay, there's like a lot of layers to this. So encourage I encourage people to look for jobs that they would be open to learning within, having a great work ethic, being able to take feedback well. These are, again, the soft skills. I'll give some actionable items in a second. But taking feedback well is probably the best piece of advice I can give anybody uh, getting any job. But within social media, there's just it's just a different world. And especially when you're working with a lot of different clients, uh, there's just a lot of things that maybe you don't know. And that's fine. Um, I've just found that the people most successful on my team are the ones that are like, yeah, got it. Okay, that makes sense. I'll do it, you know, I'll I'll do it differently next time around. Uh, from an actionable item point of view, that's why I tell my writers, you can get so much inspiration from reading online magazine articles. I love the way that travel and leisure writes, sunset magazine writes, eater dot com writes. I tell my writers, look at how they write the hooks in opening articles. That will oh. like getting inspiration about how to write social media hooks because social media writing is very different than regular writing. Uh, one of my writers on staff, she has a master's in linguistics. She is awesome at writing. And I think she has said, you know, it's there's a learning curve to social media writing. I was like, yeah, it's just there's a looser way. And I think we've been really successful because we write content that sounds like you're talking to people. It doesn't sound overly. Right. And so really exploring different ways to write. And I think if you're going to be successful in social media, it's writing and curation skills, being able to look and see, is this applicable to a certain audience? Does this look good? Looking at the details in that. Um, I'm not about... You know, people who are overly certified and overly workshopped, um, you can tell that because there is a stiffness in the way that they apply themselves. Right. So, you know, also uh, join the email list of social media examiner. I think that's what it's called. Uh, yes, it's social media examiner. They have a great newsletter that comes in your inbox multiple times a week. And uh, I love their content because they have great articles that give keep you in the loop of social media trends. Because here's the deal. I've been doing this for seven years and I'm still like, oh, <laughs> that's changed? Great. Okay. <laughs> and then we have to, you know, it's just constantly like that. So being, uh, getting into that flow state. So joining that email list is great. Joining multiple email lists for, for social media kind of trends and things honing your writing skills, and then the more flexibility and less of an ego you have and uh, will serve you very well in the long run. Yeah, because it's not really about them, about you. It's about them. It's about your client. And if you want to own a business, this has been my biggest learning curve is, gosh, I always joke with fellow business owners. It's like, gosh, did we all miss out on the pamphlet about how to own your own business? Because there's just all these things that come up. But client management is a whole animal in and of itself. And knowing your boundaries, especially as a woman, Mm -hmm. uh, understanding what, you know, living in your confidence and knowing that you know where you should take things. But also, again, managing all the personalities. That's been the biggest realization for me as I've developed this business. It's just not sure if you're working for an agency. Yes, you'll just be doing this full social media site. But owning it is a whole nother aspect of 
yes, there's the writing and social, but then there's also the client management aspect that takes. And if you don't, as my coach says, he's like, hire for the skills you don't have. So right. no, that, <laughs> that's a good point. Like and, and knowing what you're worth, knowing what your time is worth, knowing oh, what, your, what, your, what your brain power is worth. I actually just got a text before we got onto this podcast from my peer who owns a social media marketing company too. And she had circled this job posting for an in-house like TikTok developer or whatever. And it was a six-figure job. And she goes, I am not, I don't feel bad about asking for my, or, or what my rates are. Right. Like, Gosh, you know, like I do know how to do this. And right. I do know how to do this effectively. I know how to get results. And I think I'm a pretty like easy person to work with. That should mean something. And it yeah. should, my time should mean something. Uh, so yes, that's a, that's a big thing. Yeah. And, and I don't know. I, I'm going to throw out some ideas. And you tell me whether or not you think they're of any real value. Because yeah. I might be all wet on this. But as I jokingly said, when I started you know, thinking about managing a, an Instagram account for someone else, you know, the first thing I had to do is get on YouTube just to find out where the on-ramp was, you know, right. and, and to find out what all the terms meant and how to post and the basics. Um, you can learn, I think you can learn a lot, but buyer beware, because not everybody who says they're an expert on something like YouTube is an actual expert. Yes. Um, yeah. But I, I do think you can gain some, at least basic understanding, but I'll tell you where I've learned a lot is um, like I use a scheduler called Later. Mm-hmm. And I take their little classes, their webinars, and yes. things like Canva. I yep. go online oh, and I take their learning webinars and their mm-hmm. learning systems because that's how you develop content is how you create be- visually beautiful content. And I mean, I'm not a designer, but they sure do make it easy if you know oh. if you know what to look. Canva for. is. I love Canva. <laughs> yeah, I do too. And I'm not, you know, all that great at it, but I'm way better than I w- than I was. And so sometimes there's simple things that you can do either for free or for a very low fee, um, right from the sources of companies you would be interacting with, like a in, like a scheduler, a social media scheduler, and which are platforms, by the way, for those who might not know, you can actually uh, obtain these at these platforms where let's say on Monday, you can schedule out your whole week of posts. You pre-post them onto this platform, put your tags, put your descriptions, put everything you want. And then the time it'll set the time for you. You, you can set your time. Facebook does that now too for you know Facebook and Instagram. They've built out business manager. So you can also do it right in the platform right. as well. Um, but yeah. yes, and, and those uh, are nice because you can pre-plan. You know, some some people think if you're managing an Instagram account, you're just on the phone all day long, and it's not. Or, you know, on the that used to be really how it was, right. uh, but yeah, no longer. You very can efficient. very much maximize your time, and but I think having a deep sense of curiosity and uh, understanding that there are. I I also tell my team, and this is literally you can google what you're thinking in your head like right how do i right. i mean that's i do it I, all the time <laughs> i'm a very good googler yeah. i i'm known within my circles for getting the answers but it's like literally type out what you're thinking if you're like how do i do that thing on facebook that adds or how do i do that thing on instagram that adds music to your post you know i mean no, you can sure. just and there is endless amounts of yes Yes. articles and and you can start to see a thread too. And the tip with looking at articles on Google is don't look at anything prior to 2022. 
2022. Yeah, you got to look at the numbers. Look at most articles to to get the best results. Right. Well, because it's always changing. I always said I could I could actually learn to be a brain surgeon on YouTube because All you right. can learn anything. You wouldn't get the pay, but you know. Right. <laughs> I could do it on myself if I had to. Yeah. Oh, Allison, you have been so, so generous with your, not just your time, but with your openness about what you do and how others can do it. And Gosh, you got me excited, and and, I, <laughs> and I'm trying to downsize it. No, <laughs> but no, well, really, it's very exciting to hear all the things that you're doing and all the possibilities. I hope I hope that the people listening are listening to this, saying, you know, man, there are really a lot of possibilities for me Absolutely. to get in, involved, and it doesn't, you know, you can get involved with the social media company, but you can also just you know, if you know an organization that sells a brand or something, you say, Hey, is anybody managing your social yeah. media account? Not if I do it, give me 50 bucks a week or whatever. You know? Also, uh, there, I mean, you could just look around that everybody needs some marketing help here or there. It's not everybody's forte. And uh, the worst they can do is tell you no. So it's, and there's enough room in the valley for all of us. Oh, yeah, there it is. It's a million and one wineries and, yep. and such. So, yeah. um, yes. Well, well, you, you really have been very inspiring. This this turned out to be exactly what I was hoping it would be. Oh, good. I know our audience. Is- everybody to say about me. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe not. I don't know. I need to get the front end first. But yes, thank you. I my have pleasure. enjoyed my time. Well, thank, thanks for being such a great guest. Thanks to the audience. We have a very loyal following here. And they always are, who's next? Who's next? So I know they're going to be excited about listening to this podcast. So thanks again for everything. And to the audience, uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks to all of you for joining. And I hope today's show has inspired you to make a career out of your passion for wine. If you'd like to have a one-on-one career coaching session with me, just use the link in the show notes for more information or to schedule an appointment. This podcast is all about helping you follow your dreams. So feel free to send us your suggestions for guests or topics through our email link that's listed in the show notes. And it means an awful lot when you share us with friends or leave a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join us again for our next episode.